Five, four, three, two, one. If we have any goals this season, absolutely. We're going to win a lot of games. We're going to get in the playoffs. Darnell Mooney is our honorary captain for tomorrow night. Bears Nation. Darnell Mooney, what a catch! A one-handed 39-yard grab. The biggest thing for you know us is that we're excited about this opportunity. We're excited about tomorrow evening. We're excited about the competition. I'm excited. You're excited. I'm ready to go. But just focus on Washington this week. Great opportunity. Thursday night, live national TV. Only game on. Let's do it. It's time for the Bears Nation podcast with your hosts, Kevin Lapka. You're an inspiration to all of us who weren't born handsome and and cool. And Jake Hassan. Wait, wait, let me let me explain something to you. Uh, I'm the dude. Powered by powered by powered by Bet Bet Stamp. Strap it in. It's Bears Nation, baby. Hakuna Matata. Let's try this again. Welcome back. Another edition of Bears Nation Podcast. It is Wednesday, October 11th, and we are here to give you an incredibly detailed and sufficient and really just well-researched preview. Couldn't think of the word there for a second. Preview of an incredibly terrible, gross football. It'll be fine. Jake, um, I'm going to the game. Can we make this a positive experience for me? Is, like, I can't. is this is this not going to be a gross game though? Like, this is objectively is. going to be a gross game. I don't think it is. Now, granted, is it going to be as gross as Broncos and Colts last week? No, because nothing will ever be as gross as that, and that the bar is in hell regarding that. So, no, exactly. they're probably fine. However, it's probably going to be a gross game. Now, if the Bears play like they did. Uh, in the second half of the Vikings game, then maybe it's not as gross. Maybe it's a little bit better. But this is Bears Nation podcast. It is Wednesday, October 11th. Myself, Jake Hassan, joined as always by Kevin Lapka to give you a preview of the upcoming Bears Commanders game on Thursday Night Football. And we, of course, are presented to you now and always by BetStamp. Go to BetStamp. Use our code BEARS. Get the most informed you can before you make your bets. Find the best prices. Find the best tips. Use BetStamp to put more money in your pocket. Help us help you by going to BetStamp and using our code BEARS so that you can become a smarter, more informed, better. Kevin Lapka, how are we doing? Again, I'm going to the game, so we're doing good. I am excited. Like, I'll be honest. I am excited. I haven't been to a game since 2017, I believe. I went to a Monday night football. It's actually uh, the game I went to in 2017. I went with my dad again, and it was against Uh the Eagles on Monday night football. So so this is the second. This is the third Bears game I'm going to. Uh, I've been, I went to a Jaguars game, you know, way back in the day, uh, Bears Jaguars at Soldier Field. So two of my three times watching the Bears, I'll be watching them play against Carson Wentz, which is kind of interesting. And, you know, he lit us up last time because when the Bears played the Eagles on Monday Night Football in 2017, I believe that was the year that they went to the Super Bowl where he was having the MVP season until he got hurt and Nick Foles came in and that was, it was like week three. So it was early on in the year. Eagles were rolling and we got rolled in that game. Uh, but I'm good, man. I'm excited. I'm excited to go. I'm excited to at least be back in Soldier Field. And I intentionally chose this game on the schedule for a number of reasons. One, I wanted to go to a primetime game. Just they're a little bit more exciting, R- regardless of where your team is at. They're exciting games. You know what I mean? Whether you're uh, a one and five team, a two and three team, uh, you know, or a four and one team or five. No, you know what I mean? 
I also want to find a game that was relatively cheap. And this game was the cheapest on the schedule, surprisingly. <laughs> Again, probably given the opponent uh, is one of the reasons why it's cheap. And I want it to be early enough in the season where the game still somewhat mattered. You know what I mean? Where you're not sure. eliminated from contention, where it's like there's no reason to go. Like, yeah, if they win, they're three and three. Like, you know, playoffs are still quote unquote in play. So I wanted it to, to mean a little bit of something. So, yeah, man, I'll, I'll be loud. I'll be there, uh, you know, with the rest of the crowd making some noise and hopefully helping the Bears get a W, man. Yeah, the last Bears game I was at was Bears Seahawks in the Michael Bush era. It was the game that oh the, it was the game that it, I think it was Brian Erlacher's final season. Uh, it was the my game that the Bears drove late in the game down to the Seahawks territory, and they had like a a third and one or something. It was on the goal line. It might have been fourth down, and Michael Bush got stuffed at the line, and like the basically the game ended there, even though there was like four minutes left, and the Bears ended up losing the game. Um, it was a very very long time ago. I think it was, had to have been. I mean, I just turned twenty five. I had to have been like thirteen or fourteen. So it's been at least ten years. I think it was yeah. wild. That is a long time. And now, it was a very gone, long time ago. Have you not gone because it's tickets are too expensive? Is that really the reason why? No, it's just I haven't like I haven't felt compelled to like spend my Boston money on Bears. the Bears. Like, you know, it's like there's nothing like if I want to go, I want to know I'm going to have fun. Like, I mean, I would probably go now like to a tailgate. Like if, if you told me I was going to tailgate, like send me there in December <laughs> for a tailgate game with me and my roommates and the rest of our friends. then yeah, I'm in. Like, let's do it. And we're just there to have a good time. Um, but yeah, I mean, prior to this, I mean, like the previous, you know, few years I lived mostly in Champaign for most of the time. So I wasn't really in Chicago a lot. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, circumstance as well, but I would be open to going again if, uh, if I'm tailgating. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. Yeah. You absolutely should be. Uh, I mean, part of the problem is the bears have, you know, I believe it's this is soldier field the smallest in the NFL. I believe uh, it's either the smallest or bottom three. Um, and when you have the third largest city in the NFL combined with, you know, one of the smallest stadiums in the NFL, it doesn't really pair well for, yes, it is the smallest in the NFL. 61,500 is the capacity of that just above that is actually, uh, the Cardinals stadium. That doesn't make any sense. This can't be right. There's no you know, way. How, how are the Cardinals able to host a Super Bowl if their capacity is only 63,400? That doesn't make any sense because I thought the minimum had to be like 70,000 host Super Bowl. And Hard Rock is 65,326. I don't know. But the Bears Stadium is definitely smallest in the NFL. So you combine that with the, the biggest uh, the biggest city in or third biggest city in America, it doesn't really pair well. You got a lot of people want to go to a game. So you don't have a lot of seats. So demand is high and tickets are insanely expensive at Soldier Field. That's why I haven't gone. But I'm at least excited this Thursday that I know – in comparison to years past, it really, since I've been alive, like there's an opportunity to watch the most exciting player on the field at quarterback, you know, in my lifetime. And that's what I'm really looking for. Like I, like anyone who from now for the rest of the year is going to a bears game, you're going for pretty much two reasons. Yes. You want to see them win is probably number one. And number two is you want to see Justin Fields do a little something. That's why you're going to bears games. And, and, and the McCaskey should know that everyone should know that that's why you're going to sell tickets. That was our conversation last year. of Why aren't you starting Justin Fields from week one? He is the reason that people are going to these games and putting on their jerseys and making the trek out to soldier fields. They want to see him play. So Again, the momentum, the momentum that he built off Minnesota and then going into this game, there's some things I, I looked up. There's some stats that, you know, they, they favor the Bears in certain areas. And I feel pretty confident about not only a win for the Bears on Thursday, but also 
uh, a successful game from Justin Field, one that we're going to talk about in the same way we talked about uh, against the Vikings. You're muted. Anyway, um, uh, <laughs> we talked a little bit about this yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, the big thing here is that you want to see Justin Fields build off that second half against the Vikings. Uh, Kevin, you were tweeting a lot today about the comments Justin Fields made that he slowed his breathing. He's been working on that in the game, and that seems to slow the game down for him. You were big on that. Obviously, Kevin Lapka, big athlete guy. So, I mean, Kevin, just go into a little bit about what you were tweeting about today. Yeah, real quick about that. So we had a, a post-game press conference. Did you watch any of it, Jake? Did you get a chance to tune in? You're probably working during it. No, I was working. You better, you bet. Yeah, I figured. But so I, um, I, I had to gather from your tweets. So yeah, the one tweet that I made about it. But the first overall thing is people are really upset about his demeanor and his presence in the last press conference last week. Uh, you know, he was really down. He was really did not look like he wanted to be there. And, and I get it. You know, a lot of times when you're struggling, you don't want to face the media. So the last thing you want sure. to do is have to go and talk about your problem. I mean, it right? happened after the Packers game. Right. Like, and, and, and that's a common theme for a lot of guys. Like that's not just a Justin Fields problem, but the way he entered the media room this week, he was positive. He was, he was a little bit more explanatory about the things that went on. And he's usually that way, but last week he wasn't last week. It was quick through it answers. Let me get the hell out of here. He was a little bit more, uh, had explanations for, for some things. It was really breaking it down, really getting into more personal things like this breathing thing. And to me, it's huge because it kind of alludes to something that we talked about a couple weeks ago. You know, when we were talking about Justin Fields and, you know, uh, working his damn ass off after the game and, you know, doing all these things he's going to do to get better. And we kind of talked about the fact that, you know, he might need to just settle down a little bit, take a step back. You know what I mean? And I think he has sort of realized his method and his formula to be calm during, you know, the course of a game. Right. And, he, and he's found out that, hey, you know, the speed of this game is different. The environment, the atmosphere is different here in the NFL than it is in college. I have to sort of find a different process and a different methodology and how I'm going to operate on a, on a play-to-play basis because that's what this is. He's saying that after a play, he is taking de- he's taking four. Uh, it's a breathing mechanism that was taught by a yoga instructor that comes into the team every single week, where he just breathes in for four seconds, inhales and exhales for four seconds, and he says it calms him, it, it relaxes him, it takes the nerves away, gets him ready for the next play, and. When we talk about the issues with Justin Fields in the first four weeks, a lot of them were rooted in we thought he was a little bit antsy in the pocket. He didn't feel comfortable. He didn't look confident. So to understand now that, okay, he, he's becoming a little bit more collected. He's becoming, you know, calmer in the pocket. That's going allow, going to allow him to succeed and just overall allow him to, to process the game better, to not be overwhelmed by the moment. I mean, this is one of the reasons that Justin Fields is really, really good in the bigger moments and has been his entire life is because he's never too afraid of it. He seems to always be calm in the biggest moments. And that's a really unique quality to have. A lot of people get nervous or a lot of people just get too excited and that's damaging as well. So to see him kind of find to discover that, find that and watch it work as well is, is really important. I know there's probably people who say, well, that's just stupid. Well, he's, he needs to breathe to be better. No, like this is a real thing for a lot of athletes, baseball players, more than anyone will tell you this. I mean, when you, are pitcher versus batter and you're the only two players on the field that matter for that split second like it's incredible pressure when there's 25,000 people in the whole stadium standing and they're watching just you like I on football there's 11 players on each side of the field you can direct your eyes to anyone I mean you're most of the time directing it to the quarterback but if you're in that stadium you can watch anyone in baseball it's just the pitcher and that pitcher in that moment is the only one on the field who's about to make a play with the ball 
he's throws same with the batter. So it, it requires a lot of, you know, mental strength to walk in there and be comfortable. And a breathing mechanism is, is a, is a very, very common thing for a lot of athletes. So I'm excited to see that he adopted that. Yeah. I mean, it, like I said a little bit yesterday, at least it's happening now. And the big thing is going to be, okay, does this continue? Do we have to keep hearing about, oh, well, the breathing and the the concentration and the calming down, or is this just a one-off and we never have to hear it again? Like now I would prefer that we never have to hear this about this again. Cause like I said on a previous episode in the recap episode, I don't want this to be, oh, well, there's the happy feet. Oh, well, there's the, there's this, oh, there he's getting excited. Like if Justin Fields is the guy that we think he is, then we're never going to hear about this again. So, I mean, Thursday is the first real test of that. Absolutely. is the first real test. Well, he talked about, he was doing it during, uh, he was doing the breathing thing during the Giants game as well. So this is not two games where he's been doing it. Right. But he did again, yeah. Like it's good in like, whether it is a breathing thing, whether it's anything else, like players, when they struggle, they'll go through things to kind of figure out, you know, what is going to make them a better player. What, you know, they, they experiment with things and Mm -hmm. a lot of players will experiment with different things and they don't work. Right. You, you try something. It doesn't work. (laughs) As as we saw in the past five years, as we, yes, as we've seen, but they're also, as we've been cruelly subjected to exactly. But there are players who also don't like change anything at all. Like this is the way I am. This is my mojo. Like I'm not going to switch anything up. I'm just going to do my thing. And and I'm just going to rely on my peer talent and what I've known my whole life to, to power me through the struggles that I'm going through. And I don't think either of those are the right way to do it. So I, I like that he has found something that has worked for him and I hope he sticks to it. But yeah, like let it wash away. And, you know, we don't want to have to hear that again. I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And, and again, this is a, it's a really, really important moment now that the confidence has been built and that I think it exists now. Like if we had, especially as we talk about this game on Thursday, if we had, uh, that same sort of demeanor in this press conference and the same sort of reaction from him that's really lackluster and, and kind of down and not really with it. Like, I would be a little bit worried about that, but it seems like he saw the results. He understood that a couple of things that he changed going into that Minnesota game worked, and that's something to build on. And now he's sort of built that foundation of, hey, I just need to, you know, get a good game out of the way. Like, I just need to get a good game in, right? And we talked about when you, you play basketball and you're missing shots. I don't care if you play pickup or you play in the NBA. When you miss a couple of shots, sometimes you just need to see the ball go through the hoop. You know what I mean? He just saw the ball go through the hoop against Minnesota. And once you see that ball go through the hoop, then you start raining in the threes. Then Steph Curry starts pouring in 10 threes a game. And I think that's what we're going to see from Justin. Remind yourself that you can do this. You can play in this league. You can be a very good player in this league. Tell yourself that be, you know, re in, in, instate that, uh, that confidence in yourself and then boom, go after it. And I think this is a week where he might be like, all right, I, I, I can't, I know who I can be in this league. Now I show it prime time. There's a night football, Amazon, all eyes on you. Boom. Now you go. Yeah, please, for the love of God, Justin Fields, give Al Michael something to be excited about for the first time Poor in weeks. Al, like, like, give this man Poor something, Al. something good to watch for once, for the first time in a couple of weeks. And the thing with Justin Fields too, um, and I promise we'll talk about other things about the Bears other than Justin Fields. But you know, this is theoretically an easier test than the Minnesota Vikings. Like, the Commanders' defense yeah. is not what it once was. Like, those fans, how the all seven of them are trying to run Jack Del Rio out of town right now. Like they are, they are fed up with Jack Del Rio. Like this unit has gotten significantly worse from where it was last year and the year before. And obviously Chase Young being out as part of that, but even as a whole, they are not like 
the Washington Commanders it used to be, oh, well, their defense is good enough to make them at least an average team and they can maybe win, you know, nine games or something like that, or even eight games. Um, now that is just not the case. And on top of that now, they have injury issues. Carson Wentz has popped up with a shoulder injury on the injury report. He, pre- he was limited today, but also they're starting right tackle. He's going to be out. Sam Cosby, he had surgery on his thumb. He's done. And Jahan Dotson is probably going to miss this week on a short week as well. So I know this was started with a thought about Justin Fields and the commander's defense not being very good, but this is, as a whole, a good spot for the Bears to bounce back and get back to 500. You talk about the injuries for the commanders, and all of a sudden the Bears are clean on the injury report. I mean, you had a full participant, Jalen Johnson in practice. Uh, you know, he's going to be back, and no one else was was uh, was a DNP this week. So it, you're looking like you're going to get some guys back right when they get some guys who are going away. And on a short week, like you're pretty fortunate to have that. You are very, very fortunate that you have that you might have nobody injured for this game, no one inactive who's not on IR. That's that's a pretty incredible thing to see on a short week, um, you know, coming off a road game as well, and then traveling back home. Uh, it's they're getting they're getting a little bit lucky um, here with with some injury help and and the commanders and their injury issues. But you're right, like it's primed for them. Like everything is set up for them to succeed. You know what I mean? Like you're mm-hmm. lucky in a number of ways, right? The injuries come back at the right time. And again, that might have been strategic. I still do think that was strategic. Sure. That hey, we are going to hold out Jalen Johnson and. Uh, Nikhil Harry and bring them back for the Thursday game because then after that we have 11 days of rest before the the Patriots game on Monday Night Football. I think that might have been strategic and you people can argue about whether that's the right move or not. Um, you know, do you win that game if Jalen plays? It, it's it's too hard. It's too hard to say. I, I'd imagine he honestly doesn't move the needle if I'm being honest. As far as a, I, I don't I don't think like you win the game. Like he moves the needle. Sorry, he moves the needle. Obviously, Justin, I mean, Justin Jefferson probably doesn't go for 100. Right. I mean, I, sure I disagree. I think game. he moves the needle a ton. You think you think they win the game if Jalen played last week? I think it's I mean, obviously, it, like it's not as black and white as that. Well, but, right. But that's what you, that's you it, it definitely moves the needle more towards you have a bigger likelihood of winning the game. Like Justin Jefferson does not well, cook yes, you the way he did yes. to start the game. Like, like Kirk Cousins does not like you don't let them establish that offensive rhythm more than likely the way that they did to start the game. Like Kirk Cousins probably doesn't go 17 for 17. It's just like oh, Jalen Johnson fair. is probably on Justin Jefferson. And, you know, he probably just doesn't get as much space. Like we talked about uh, on our recap episode, how there were times where Justin Jefferson would catch a ball and there was no one around him for five mm-hmm. yards. That's probably not happening with Jalen Johnson. Now but that's right. a scheme thing that felt right. like, sure, you know what I mean? Sure. But also like if you have Jalen Johnson, maybe the scheme changes. I don't know. I, and obviously we did the rec- recap episode already. It's your bigger point, yes. Like, you get a big boost this week. Jalen Johnson, your number one corner, who is one of the top corners in the league and very well respected in this league, comes back. Obviously, that's huge, even though it is Carson Wentz um, and Terry McLaurin. But also, I mean, Nikhil Harry, we finally get to see what he brings to this team. You were all big on him. He has a big body, maybe a big play (laughs) threat, someone you could just throw it up to. So you do get a couple pieces back in a, a game that was already winnable without them, in my opinion, and you get to try a couple new things, hopefully. You uh, you had mentioned you just mentioned that. So real quick, did Nikhil Harry practice today? Let me double check that. I believe he was he was limited he, today. Okay, so he may come back. We are unsure. I think they're going to get him back though. I think their optimism is going to play. Anyway, you said 
people respect Jalen Johnson. And that, that, that stuck out to me. It almost makes me want to contradict the things I said, because you're right. When you look at his numbers through his first couple weeks, it was no one was targeting him. Like no one wanted to throw the ball to Jalen Johnson. It's part of the, uh, you know, the reason is the fact that the Bears don't really have, a, you know, other talented quarterbacks. So teams are comfortable just saying, Hey, we're going to have success against Kyler Gordon, Kendall Vildor, and Jalen Jones, and we're just going to let Jalen Johnson cover that guy. It's not going to affect our offensive game plan. But it is important that, it, it, in a sense, it does take away you know, an aspect of the offense. If you are going to line up Justin Jefferson or this week, let's say Terry McLaurin against Jalen Johnson, and, and he is well-respected and teams know that you're probably making a mistake if you're throwing on Jalen Johnson, then if they're not going to do that, that takes away a big element of their offense. And they get him back at the right time because the commander's offense throws second most in the league, which is pretty surprising given the fact that their quarterback is Carson Wentz and given the fact that their head coach doesn't seem to have a lot of confidence in him saying he would saying the difference between the commanders and the rest of the teams in NFC East is he said this in one word quarterback, which is actually a pretty bogus thing to say, considering Carson Wentz hasn't been that bad. I mean, they should, they should be playing Sam Howell. They should be playing Sam Howell. I mean, at this point, probably, but like you, I don't think he's as much to blame as is the defense. You know, I bet you, I bet you if the commanders lose this game, and if Carson went like if the Bears force a couple turnovers, I bet you Sam Howell is starting the following week. You think so? Sure. I think that's fair. You got to love like it. like how many how many times are you going to live and die by Carson Wentz to the Titans? The Titans aren't very good, and he throws a, a pick at the goal line. Like at some point, the switch. Like even in preseason, we were hearing that Sam Howell looked better than Carson Wentz. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. It'll it'll probably happen. It's like you know, Trubisky'd pick it the same thing. Uh let's talk real quick. Do you have anything else on Jalen coming back? Because uh does that like anything else about how that's going to change game plan for you? No, I mean obviously it, it helps Kyler Gordon out. Uh it helps Kendall Vildor out, it puts them in positions that they're more comfortable. Uh and even helps your safeties out because it helps your Quan Brusker and Eddie Jackson out because they don't have to, you know, be as as much top support. So yeah. Yeah, it's huge. Uh, again, you know, without Jahan Dotson, it helps out too because then that's you know almost like one less guy to worry about because you still got uh, you know you're covering if if Jalen Johnson's completely neutralizing and taking away Terry McLaurin for majority of the game, then who else are the Commanders going to throw the ball to? You know what I mean? And they might really try to run the ball a lot, and they probably should because they get Brian Robinson back, who walked out of the tunnel to many men, the song many awesome, men, just a couple awesome, weeks. so yeah. good. It was that, that's, so good. The sad part was like there wasn't a lot of people at the stadium to like experience that. Uh, well, the video was that still moment. Cool. The video was sick. Though. The video, the was, video sick was very and, cool. And so now you, you you got the two-headed monster, if you want to call it that, Brian Robinson and uh, Antonio Gibson, who you know are going to probably that's going to probably be their game plan. If you're the Commanders and you're entering this game, you know you you know a couple things. You know, yeah, the Bears' pass defense isn't that good right the, the opponent completion percentage for the bears defense is not great you also know that the bears are dead last in third down defense allowing a conversion 50.75 percent of the time so it's if you're good. the commanders the approach for you in this game is hey we know probably because Jahan Dotson's out because we lost Sam Cosme and they're probably going to be able to get after the quarterback a little bit better than they have in weeks past let's just go into this game and play the 
old style. We're going to run the ball at you 50 times a game, dominate time and possession because we'll be able to extend drive since the third down com- opponent, third down conversion rate for the Bears defense isn't good. What, wear are you down? And then win this game 13 to 10. Like that's probably, they, they should know if they don't know that they should know that that's the only possible way I think they can come away with a win in this game. You're, Carson Wentz is not lighting this team up with Jalen Johnson out there. I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen with the lack of weapons that are there with the defensive, uh, with the offensive line taking a hit. I don't see it happening, Jake. I don't see Carson Wentz walking in there and torching the Bears defense at home on Thursday night football. Now, I will say this is weird. Carson Wentz on Thursday night football. A passer rating of 107.4 with 1,443 yards, 15 touchdowns, only two interceptions in six games. Those are really good numbers for Carson on Thursday night football. But I don't like, do you kind of agree that that's likely going to be Washington's game plan? Yeah. I mean, it has to be every single time, every single other team that is a fate. Why can't I speak right now? Every single opponent the bears have faced, They've allowed them to run the ball. I mean, obviously the Giants game being the big one, but I mean, Delvin Cook had 94 yards. Um, you know, who the uh, AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones, mostly Aaron Jones ran all over you as well. Um, the 49ers game, you kind of have to throw out because of the conditions, but every single opponent that you face has been able to run all over you. The Bears have one of the worst run defenses in the entire league. So yeah, I mean, especially with Carson Wentz dealing with something on his throwing shoulder as well, that's what they're going to do with Brian Robinson back yeah. and then Antonio Gibson. That's going to be the game plan. Now, them missing their the commanders missing their starting right tackle, that's going to open something up for you. Charles Leno, old friend, is back too. He just came off an injury, so he might not be totally at 100%. So this would be a good time for the Bears pass rush to actually show some signs of life and be like, hey, we're still here. You know, Robert Quinn, this is a great time for you to be like, hey, I still exist. You know, coming off that record-setting year last year, I can still be a contributor. I can still help this team. Now would be a great time uh, because you're going to need it. And so now is going to be the time for the run defense to step up. Now would be a great time for Roquan Smith to show up and start flying around the field like you're accustomed to him seeing from him too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the commanders, given the circumstances and also given that the Bears' defense has been bad against the run – I expect them to run the ball a lot. It's just, are the Bears going to be ready for it? I, I mean, they should be ready for it. Again, no, like this is all part of what we talked about last week with, we didn't really believe that Allen Williams in the, in the games against the Giants and the Vikings did a great job of game planning and, and taking away the stars and taking away the strengths of the opposing team. Like, you know what those two teams specifically are presenting to you. And, and again, the Vikings are so talented in offense that they can present a lot of things at you. And it's hard to just, you know, focus in on Justin Jefferson because they can kind of beat you with Dalvin Cook. But when you look at the the Giants, I mean, you you know two things. You know that Saquon Barkley was going to they're gonna run him like crazy, yep. and they're going to try to probably do a little bit of play action and get Daniel Jones on the move. Those are the two things that you should know. You know, they were missing a ton of guys and, uh, on offense. And then, the Kevin, and then – they did exactly which is why i'm worried yeah shocker they did wow look at that who would have thought so going into this game alan williams needs to say look we're going to load the box on a lot of these early downs they're not going to try to to throw the ball on first and second down load the box put them in third and long situations if your third down defense is that well bad, now the problem with that though is being third and three the the problem with that though is like even though this is Carson Wentz and we clown him a lot for not being, you know, as good as he was with that one year in the Eagles before he got hurt, Carson Wentz can still throw a deep ball and Terry McLaurin's a deep ball threat. Like he'll burn you. So you still have to like, you can't just sell out completely for the run. Like you can't That's just true. go. 
full on send the house, you know, like, because first of all, you didn't even do it when Saquon Barkley was running the Wildcats. So what makes you think they're going to do it here? But, you know, Carson Wentz will still burn you. Like you, you can't allow Terry McLaurin to get behind you. And granted, Eddie Jackson has played really, really well. And we both think Jaquan Brisker's a stud. So utilize those guys. Don't let, don't give up that big play. That ends up being the reason you lose, like still play smart, but know that the run is they're going to use the run a lot. Yeah. And, and a lot of times, you know, the, the way that happens is the run opens up the pass and they're so successful in the run game. Then you bite too hard and then you get beat. You know what I mean? So that's why I like don't even allow them to get a run game going, because that's what that's what scares me is if they get that run game going and then, oh, it's an adjustment now in the second half that, hey, we do have to stack the box. We do have to kind of load it up and stop the run game. And then they got them right where you want them. You know, they, they have you right where you want them, you know, uh, where they are able to say, oh, so now they want to stack the box. Now they think we're going to run play action, boom, Terry McLaurin over the top touchdown. Like that's, and I think right. we might've even seen that a couple times in the Giants game. I don't, they don't connect, they didn't connect on a couple of those because Sterling Shepard. I mean, we talked about it a couple Slayton times, Kyler it. Gordon got cooked. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you, you know, you stack the box and you leave a couple of those guys on an Island and you're, and you're, you, you got some risk there. But again, I, I do think this is a game where that defensive front will sure up a little bit. We're waiting for that moment where, Robert Quinn, you know, exists. And I think this is a chance for it, but it, it, it's really, you know, it, it's when you're talking about the run game or the run defense, rather, it starts with Jalen uh, or Justin Jones and Armin Watts and those guys and Mike Pennell Jr. up front. Like it, it's up to those guys to really, you know, set the tone at the line of scrimmage and and, and make plays. And and also I don't believe al Muhammad is helping your team at all right now, both as a pass rusher and as a run defender. So at this point, Make Dominique Robinson a starter this week. Like the guy flies oh. around the field. Oh, like what? That's a that's a bold like a statement. That's a pretty yeah. bold stance. I mean, it shouldn't be that bold. I mean, he needs to go at like they need to again. This goes back to the whole conversation of why not try? You're getting nothing out of Al Muhammad. You're getting inconsistency sure. from Travis Gibson. One day he might have two sacks. The other day he's he's man. I mean that guy. I mean, Travis Gibson, like, is he the most tantalizing player on the roster not named Justin Fields? Oof, I, he might be. Like, I mean, I mean that guy is like, it's the, some of the stuff he does, you're like, hell yeah, like that steal of the, I mean, because he was what, fourth round pick? Like, hell yeah, super athletic, this is what you drafted him for. And then other times he disappears. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and most of the time he disappears, you should say. Uh, right. He was a fifth round pick, that's right. So, okay. um. Uh, it, uh, he was a fifth round pick. So was Dominique Robinson. Like I just, from what I've seen from Dominique Robinson, like even if he's not making an impact at the point of attack, like if the, if the running back gets to the second level, like, and Roquan Smith is putting a body on him. I see Dominique Robinson there to clean it up. Like, and that's what you want. Like that's what Khalil Mack did for, you know, his best years in Chicago was if you remember the plays where running backs would get free, which didn't happen often in the years of 2018, 2019, you would see Khalil Mack busting his ass down the field there to finish the play. You don't see that from Al-Kadeh Muhammad. You see it from Robert Quinn, but you don't see it from Al-Kadeh Muhammad or really Travis Gibson. Dominique Robinson is, I think is a great run defender, but he's also proven that he has the ability to, to really be a good pass rusher. I mean, it was the yeah, game. It was, I believe it was the Niners game. Wasn't the guy, it was yeah. the Niners game. We had one and a half sacks. I mean, and that was against Mike McGlinchey and Mike McGlinchey hasn't had the greatest year, but he's still a respected tackle in the league. Like he was doing work and he just uses, he just provides you with a higher ceiling and the opportunity to, to bust it open a little bit. And because mm -hmm. that's been the worst unit, it's the worst unit on the team. I, I think it's even worse than receiving court in the offense. Well, well, I don't know about that. Front. 
I mean, uh, it, offensive line, I'll give you. I don't know if they're worse than the receivers. Okay. Sure, we'll put the receivers, receivers are pretty yeah. bad. Okay, but that defensive front has has really needs some help, and I think right. Dominic Robinson can do that. I think well, they make him a star. I'll just bold prediction. I think I think he's a starter. I, well, I, here's, I think here's the thing with Dominic Robinson, Robinson too, like. Elkady Muhammad, he's been in the league a couple of years. Like, this is probably just what he is. Like, it's probably just what he is. He's probably just okay player. Right. Dominic right. Robinson, he's a rookie. Might as well see what you have. Like, you're you're the Bears. You don't have a lot of talent to work with. You might as well start these guys and give them the opportunities to play and see what you have. Absolutely. And, and the thing with him is this is almost unexpected because what we talked about all offseason was, okay, he's trans- He's very early in a transition right. from a different position. He's not going to get a lot of playing time because he's not ready to play at the NFL level. Apparently he is ready because he's done it and he did it against right. a pretty good offensive line, but also the best way to develop a player is to get them game reps. This was the exact thing we talked about with Justin Fields last year. The best way to become a better player is to experience in-game situations, understand how to operate against the better players in the league. You're only going to get, you're only going to benefit from playing better offensive tackles because you know, you're not playing the best guys in practice. You know, Larry Borm's good. He's not great. Give him a chance to go up there against some of the better tackles in the league and, and, and let him see what he can do, you know? And, and, you know, if he gets neutralized, that's fine. Now he knows what works and what doesn't work, you know? Right. So, again, there's only positives in playing young players. And you really think about it, right? Think about the better teams in the league that are perennially good. Perennially, that's a hard word to say. Perennially. No, per, no, no, perennially good. You got the Patriots and the Steelers and – is that a word? It is a word. Perennially, right? yes. Yes. Is, okay. yes, it is a word. So, if do you know when you say a word too many times, you start to like think it, it just doesn't it sound starts, right? Yeah, it starts to sound <laughs> like, like something that's made up. Yeah, yeah. That's but right. like you look at the better teams in the league, and the common theme is they, they just play young guys. They give their young guys a, an experience, uh, experience, and then those guys thrive. Like Bailey Zappi just walked in as the Patriots' third string quarterback and looks better. Bailey Zappi might be like their best starter. Right. And, and it's like, how would, but the, the but here's the, and the point that you're making is, yeah, you, you got lucky that you learned that because of injuries, but how else would you learn that? Right? Like how else would, how else would the Patriots have known 24 years ago if Tom Brady yeah. was going to be good? Like they got lucky that Drew Bledsoe got injured and then they found this thing. Like don't wait for guys to get injured to find out what you have. Give them sure. a chance for it. it was, this was the Thomas Graham conversation we had last year, right? Right. You yeah, also just I mean, this... got caught by the Browns. Oh, reunion? Are, is yeah. Kevin Lapker, are you calling for the Thomas Graham Jr. Bears reunion? Let's go. That'd be pretty Let's crazy. Go. I need it. Well, okay. Speaking of young guys and getting their chances, especially on defense, do you think, because I saw this float out there, do you think the Kendall Vildor interception is any any chance of that being a launching point for him into being a better player or being like a more confident player? Because this is what, his fourth year, fifth year? How many, how many years has Kendall Vildor been around? It's been a while. This is his third. Say no way. Third. Yeah. Really? Drafted in 2020. Yeah, it's his third. Wow. Damn. Yeah, it feels like he's been around for a while. You're probably so thinking this is Duke his third year? Duke Shelley's been here for 20. Honestly, years. I no, I I probably I just probably interchanged <laughs> the two of them. Right. But... Yeah. All right. All right. Well, okay, so my yeah. question stands then. Because he's a guy who's in the you know beginning stages of his career. I, I just saw the photo. Like, do you think Kendall Vildor like that was a sign of like like his breakout moment? Any any belief in that? I don't have belief that he's ever going to break out. Like, uh, he's never going to be 
super reliable, you know, but I think we've already seen and are going to see a raising of that floor of, hey, he's no longer a liability out there. And really, at this point, that's all you're looking for, because, man, last year, a guy was a liability. I mean, the, the guy was he was almost unplayable at points, you know, throughout the year last year. He was getting picked on. Teams would understand that he was the, you know, the worst cornerback on the field and they would go after him and they would not be afraid to do it. I think I think we've seen a more confident player and we've seen an improved floor from Kendall Vodor that at least makes it, you know, he's made a lot of good plays like that interception. And, you know, weeks prior, he's been knocking the ball away, getting a lot of pass deflections like he's been pretty dang good. And really what it comes down to is cornerbacks. I think in general, we're learning and we, you know, we kind of know this, but we've really seen with a lot of our guys recently. It's, it might, it sometimes takes a little bit of time. It's like sure. corners coming out like very up and down, you know, and we've already seen it with Kyler Gordon. We saw it in the past with Kyle Fuller. I mean, you know, there sure. are guys who are bona fide blue chip players. The moment they come in, Jalen Johnson's like one of them. And a lot of first rounders are, but when you think about late round, well, Jalen corners, Johnson wasn't a first rounder. Yeah, first, second rounder. That's, you know, that's what I mean. But when you think about late round corners, kind of voted a fifth rounder, it sometimes it takes a little bit of time for those guys to get acclimated, develop. Sure. And, you know, he's at that point, year three, like year three is where you either make it or break. You find out if the guy's good or he's, you know, goodbye cut, probably onto another team. You talk about like a fifth round corner like him. So I but think also, he's at a point where he's I already mean, proven. If Jalen Johnson comes back. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Johnson comes back too. And that probably pushes Kendall Vildor either to the second corner or to the slot. I mean, that remains to be seen, but I mean, that probably makes his life easier then too. Theoretically. hundred percent makes his life easier. You think he wanted to be the CB two having a guard Justin Jefferson at times? No, you know, like he's just like, again, it, it, it's all, it, it's all with context who these guys are supposed to be like you can't expect Kendall Vildor to be a first rounder when he was drafted in the first, fifth round you have to evaluate you have to right. sort of evaluate it in that sense where we we should ex- we should know what his ceiling is let's not try to put his ceiling as a first rounder right now let's just see where he can get to and I think he can get to that point where he's a serviceable enough you know, cornerback who's not a liability, who's just there to make a couple plays and not allow a big play, right? Like he's never going to be an eight interception guy. He's never going to be a lockdown corner, but he's going to, he could be a valuable piece to your team and he has to be evaluated. That, like that's his ceiling, not like, oh, he's the next Jair Alexander or the next Jalen Ramsey. Sure. Like you can't expect that from certain guys who haven't be, shown it like that. Be, be the next Duke Shelley. Be the next, um, what was his face? Um, Bryce Callahan. Like just be those guys. Yeah, that's a good. I'm point. fine with undraft. that. Yeah, undraft. Right. Right. Yeah. Bryce Callahan put a couple really good years in. Yeah. So right. Exactly. So we'll see. Um, let's switch back to the offensive side. Uh, we are probably going to see another week of Sam Mustafer uh, at center. Sure, it certainly seems that way. Lucas Patrick at left guard. Uh, um, uh, <laughs> but I mean. Listen, if Justin Fields could put together that second half with Sam Mustafer, fine. I mean, maybe maybe it's a Justin Fields thing. Maybe that's who he's comfortable with. Maybe that's just how it's going to work out. Fine. If he has a clean game and Justin Fields has a, a good game, you know, comparable to the second half of the Vikings game, fine. I'm willing to roll with it. Sam Mustafer, is he probably going to make a bad penalty here or there? Is he going to botch a snap here and there? Fine. But if Justin oh, fine. Fields is playing well. No, that's well, not fine. You can't do that. Let me, let me finish, Kevin. If Justin Fields plays well. I'll, I'll take that. And then eventually in the next off season, the next free agency period, then you make the upgrade. But as long as you like, 
here's the thing that it's always going to come back to. Like, and I think we may have lost sight of this in the beginning of the year. Like everything else doesn't matter. And, and maybe it's because it took this long for Justin Fields to have his first good game. But as long as Justin Fields progresses, the rest doesn't matter. Because, we, okay, we know Sam Mustafer probably is not going to be your championship center. But if Justin Fields is progressing and putting streaming together good games, that doesn't matter because you know you can replace Mustafer in the offseason. So, I mean, really, as long as Fields plays well, the rest really doesn't matter because you're not winning a championship this year. You know Mustafer is not going to be your championship center. So just take the silver lining, which is Justin Fields playing well in my eyes. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. There's a, there's a silver lining to it, but there's also you're not wrong for expecting it to be better. You know what I mean? Like, oh, 100 percent. I'm not saying impressive. like I'm not saying like yeah, all right, Sam moves for fine. This is what it is. No, you can expect better and you can demand better for sure. It just seems like right now, given everything that's happening, it, it, like better is just not coming soon, and it's probably not coming at at the earliest until Cody Whitehair is back. But I. Uh... Yeah, I mean, like it, it just I seems just, like the Bears uh, are unwilling like to shift things around to, to the point where Mustafer's not it does. starting center. You're you're one hundred percent right, and I again, I, I don't believe I don't believe that's because Justin Fields is advocating for him to be. There's no way after he snaps the ball into his chest when he's trying to change a play at the line of scrimmage that he's like, oh yeah, 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 Sam, who's I love that guy. Bring him back, bring him back out. No, right. like he. Come on, you brought you like, is that not the reason you brought in Lucas Patrick? You didn't bring in Luke. You didn't pay Lucas Patrick money to play guard. Like he can do that, but that's not why you paid him. You paid him to be the center. You knew like Ryan Pulse is an idiot. I mean, maybe he is, but I don't think he is at this point. It's too hard to tell. God, we hope not. But he's an, God, we hope not. He's an offense. He's a former offensive lineman. His whole thing is, you know, I'm going to be the offensive line guy. I'm going to bring in good offensive line players. That's, you know, part of the main reasons he was hired as the GM. If I had to guess, he probably looked at the roster back in, you know, February when he was, was, uh, was signed as the GM and was like, Oh yeah, that this whole Sam moves for center thing. That can't work. Our top priority in the off season is to go get a different center. Not, Hey, keep Sam Mustafer and eh, we'll throw money at Lucas Patrick and just have him play guard. I think there's a, di- I don't know what, is throwing a wrench in their plans for that. It, it, again, it could be this whole idea that, oh, he works really hard in practice and he deserves to play because of that, which is stupid. Or there is something about the snapping of Lucas Patrick that just isn't there yet from a health standpoint. It just sure. doesn't make any sense. But those are the only two logical explanations because in no world where everyone is healthy is should Sam Mustafa be playing. So, but you're <laughs> right. Like it's, it's, if, if he's, if he's not, fucking things up because against the giants it was he was damaging to the team in a negative way like damaging to the team like guys were getting right through the defensive or yeah. the offensive the interior walking offensive right line him. and he walking right past him and he was damaging against the against the vikings because he you know had that he's gonna snap the ball into justin at some point <laughs> justin's not gonna be able to recover it. And you're gonna turn the ball over with the beginning of the game like god what are we right. doing but you know i don't know I, I'm a little bit worried about the offensive line just because somehow, some way, the Washington defense is pressuring quarterbacks at the fourth highest rate in the league at 27.9%. I, d- I did not expect that from their defensive front, but they're going to bring a little bit of pressure. I, I got to check their blitz numbers and see how often they blitz. But, I mean, they're, they're coming at it, man. They're, they're, they're coming uh, with a little bit of pressure, and they're going to have the bears are going to once again have to be up to the task. They were up to the task last week against a very good defensive front, you know, consisting of Daniel Hunter and Sedarius Smith. You got to see if they're going to be up for it again. Well, granted also 
the I'm trying to look at the commanders previous games. I mean, granted, they played the Titans, the Cowboys, Eagles have a good offensive line, the Lions and the Jaguars. Like those aren't the most stout, like especially the Lions Cowboys. They have a good and the offensive Titans. line. But I'm saying especially the Cowboys and the Titans, like those offensive lines aren't in great shape. But yeah, I digress. Um, all right, Kevin, shall we do some yeah. predictions? Yeah, we could jump into some predictions. Let's do it. All right, let's jump into our pr- predictions and our bold predictions, and that will obviously lead into our final game prediction. Once again, reminder, Bears Nation podcast brought to you by BetStamp. Go to BetStamp. Use our code BEARS. They will help you become more informed. They'll help you find the best prices. They, at the end of the day, BetStamp's going to help you put more money in your pocket so help us help you go to bet stamp show them some love show us some love use our code bears everybody wins everybody gets a little bit of money in their pocket you love us right we love you so ideally you'd want to help us out then that's why we're trying to help you out by sending you to bet stamp to use our code bears go to bet stamp be smarter win more money help us help you all right kevin let's get into some predictions what do you got so I'm going to go bold prediction here. I think the Bears score 24 points in the first half of this game. We talked about the adjustments I, that they I, made at half. I thought that was going to be the end of it. I, I thought it was just going to be the Bears scored 24 points, and that was going to be the end of it. I was going to be like, wow, that's coming out hot. <laughs> that's bold. Yeah. Yeah. No, first half. First half, 24 okay. points. Look, the Washington football team, they're allowing 15 points per game in the first half. That's a lot. Now, the Bears are allowing 16, so they're worse than the commanders in that category. But that's not good for Washington. And, and at home, they've already shown the ability to come out a little bit hotter. I mean, I guess I can't say that because they were pretty much shut out in that. Did they end up scoring in the first half against the Niners? Or was it, was it 10-0 at the half? I can't remember. Uh, Nonetheless, you, again, that one's so hard to evaluate because of the weather. But against Houston, right. they came out a little bit hotter. They came out, jumped out. So, you know, anytime you're at home, you got a little bit momentum carrying. You know, th- this is really important. Again, when I talked about the momentum that they're getting from that Minnesota game is now you have the ability to carry that indirectly to the start of this game. You know, like I, I understand after what happened and what occurred against the Giants that, hey, you're still a little bit, you know, quote unquote, hung over from that game. And now, you know, you needed a half to kind of, you know, readjust. And then second half in that game, you go. No, you built the momentum in the second half of last week's game. Now carry that over to the first mm-hmm. half of this week's game. And I think that's going to happen again. Like, I, I just, this whole thing with Justin Fields and the leadership that we saw from him last week, I thought was really impressive as well. The way he picked up Amir Smith-Marset, not after, immediately after play, but also in the press conference and, and, you know, these guys are a tight-knit group and the momentum that's going to be built. I think they're ready to attack, you know, play one, drive one. If they get, if if they win the coin toss, like I always am an advocate for deferring, but I think this is one of those situations where if you win that toss, you get the ball and you score first drive and you set the tone. Like set the tone at home on Thursday night football with everybody watching, show them what you can do, carry that momentum over immediately. Don't even allow the commanders to get the ball, score a touchdown and kill your momentum. Cause that will like it, it or, you know, it, it could also carry momentum. If you get the ball, then you go three and out, but I'll take my chances on that instead of saying, yeah. Hey, I'm going to rely on this rush defense that hasn't been good. They could run Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson down our throats and kill all of our momentum. If we go down, you know, seven to zero after a seven minute drive from the commanders, you're not feeling too good. And it doesn't give you a lot of time to, 
to score 24 points in the first half for my bold prediction. So let's not do that. I think they get off hot. I think they get the ball to start the game. They elect to, to receive it. Baylor Jones Jr. gets it off to a nice return. Score 24 points in the first half. Viewers across the NFL rejoice. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Re- Re- rejoice. You're not going to see. That would be more points that was scored in the entire game plus overtime of Colts Broncos, I believe. God. Oh, Jesus. Disgusting. Uh, which, but would save Al Michaels. Finally give him a good game to uh, call. And he won't sound like he wants to simply pass away while he's calling the game. Um, all right. My bold prediction is kind of a twofer. I think it's a three touchdown day for Justin Fields. I think it's two through the air, one on the ground. He got one taken away from him through the ground uh, last week and obviously didn't, you know, tough penalty brought it back. I think it's three touchdown day for Justin Fields. I do think he's able to build off of last week and I think he's able to take advantage of a below average commander's defense that hasn't lived up to a lot of hype and that has kind of been getting uh, torched and, you know, pushed around so far this NFL season. And I think one of those passing touchdowns, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go to Cole Komet gets a touchdown. Oh this God, week. here we go. Not I, again. I, you know what? Well, listen, listen, I have some logic behind it. Listen, he got more involved last week. Him and Darnell Mooney were both more involved, but the way they used him, they used him around the middle of the field. They used him in short passes where they gave him space to run. I think Cole Komet, they're going to continue to get him more involved. It's time to see him more. He's supposed to be your number two receiver as you kind of ease Velas Jones Jr. into this offense. I think Cole Komet gets one of the touchdowns. Justin Fields is a three-touchdown day. Okay. Commanders are the 24th best team against tight ends this week. But Jake's telling you, start Cole Komet in fantasy. Start him, play him. He's going to go crazy. That's what he's saying. I, I didn't think he'd go uh, crazy. Yeah, I, hey, it might be one catch for one yard that ends no, up being a touchdown. <laughs> That's that's going crazy in Colcomet standards. Okay, that's, <laughs> that's good. also like t- Travis Kelsey scoring four touchdowns on twenty five yards is absurd. It's crazy. How does that it's, even happen? Like it, it, only the Chiefs. In a way, only, only the, Chiefs the Chiefs can. Man, I sometimes I'm just like, hey, uh, Luke Getzey, you want to just like turn on that Chiefs game real quick? Like, <laughs> watch that and just be like do that <laughs> yeah you, you would think just, just do that <laughs> right yeah think, that, right? that'd be ideal uh, no uh all right do you, have any league, more man. Pre- do you have any more bold predictions kevin or do we should we get into our bets let's get into our bets i'm good with bold predictions all right great let's get into our bets for this game one more time bears nation podcast brought to you by bet stamp use our code bears Go get some good prices. Go find the best prices. Be smarter. Win more money. Help us help you by using BetStamp. All right, the line on this game has flipped. This game opened with the Commanders as one, one and a half point favorites. It's now flipped to I the Bears side. I couldn't believe it, Jake. Yeah, I mean, I, and, I, I and clearly they open. And clearly most people couldn't either because it's flipped and the Bears are now favored in this game by generally one, one and a half, depending on where you're looking. Uh, you know, the Bears have now flipped to favorites in this game. Obviously, what one half of football can do to you, maybe some of it's the Carson Wentz injury and he's a little banged up, but the Commanders have not been playing well. A little more faith in the Bears here. They've flipped to one-point favorites, one-and-a-half point. Obviously, again, like I said, depending on where you're at. But Bears are favorites now, Kevin. People are buying on the Bears. They are, and they should be, okay? When Joe O tweeted that, that out immediately after the game shout out joe ostrowski uh i replied to his tweet i said there's no effing way the chicago bears are underdogs in this game and i was like i gotta jump on it immediately i gotta jump on it well i can get plus money on the bears money line 
You're kidding me. I get plus money on the Bears money line at home. Look, the Bears at home as home favorites since 2018 are 14 and four. All right. They're 14 and four as home favorites since 2018. And since Justin Fields has been on the team, they're four and zero as home favorites okay. uh, since Justin Fields has been there. So like, I'm feeling really good. I'm, I'm feeling phenomenal about the Bears' chances of winning this game. So, yes, I'm going to take the Bears on the money line, but I'm also going to take the Bears on the alternate spread minus four and a half. Uh, I, I think if they scored, my bow projections are going to score 24 points. Um, and if they score 20, in the first half, rather, and if they score 24 points in the first half, we've already seen they have a strong ability to hold teams to fewer points and make halftime adjustments that I don't think they're going to allow the commanders to crawl back if they do get off to that early lead that I'm projecting. Um, I, I think. They're going to win this game by a decent margin. And if you think the Bears are going to win, why not try to get it on the plus money? I think you probably go minus four and a half and feel pretty comfortable about it. But uh, another couple prop bets I have is, again, we don't have the exact lines here for props because right. they're not released until what? like thir- They're not released until like Thursday morning, Wednesday night. Um, yeah. Pretty much like yeah. Thursday morning, right, Jake? Probably, yeah, probably tomorrow night at the earliest. Yeah, tomorrow. Right, tomorrow night um, because they're on the Thursday game. But uh, – I'm going to go Justin Fields over on the passing yards, whatever line that is. He's hit that in the past two games, and the the, the odds makers have been way yeah. off. Like I, it, it might I mean, be he, it, it might be like two hundred two like two hundred and oh, a half. No way, no way. You think it'll be in the ones? I mean, it was one sixty eight last week. You think it? Yeah, jumps like thirty two. I mean, you hit it in two straight weeks. You're right. If it, I think I'm, I'm with you, I think if it starts with a one, you got to take the over. Yeah, let's put it that way. If it starts with a one, you got to take the over, even if it is. 200.5 like I think he's gonna eclipse that he's you know shown again this whole confidence thing and, and the way he's hit those overs in the past couple games I feel confident about it I'm also gonna go take the over on Darna Mooney receiving yards they've been hitting him on the deep routes I think he's gonna get another one of those so you imagine that he'll get at least half of his yardage prop on like a 30 40 yard pass from fields and then if they just target him a couple more times he'll get the rest of that pretty easy um so I'm gonna take on the props, Justin Fields over passing yards and also Darnell Mooney over receiving. Yeah, and for me, it'll be, uh, obviously I mentioned the Cole Komet anytime touchdown. I like that. I also like the Justin Fields over on passing yards. Uh, I'm also going to give one out. Every single time the Bears, every single game the Bears have played, opposing running backs have gone over their uh, rushing prop. Brain broke for a second there. So who are you, I think you gotta do Robinson? It. I think Brian Robinson, uh, he's going to be the lead back. I think probably, again, he obviously showed that he was healthy last week. I think here he was the guy. I mean, coming into the season before, you know, he got carjacked, mm-hmm. he was the guy. Like, they loved him there. He was going to be the lead back far and away. It wasn't going to be close. So, I mean, you got to imagine because of that, it's going to be a pretty low total. I would take Brian Robinson over on the rushing yards for sure, on top of the Justin Fields passing yards and the Cole Komet anytime touchdown. Uh, I do like the Darnell Mooney look too. I think they might spread it around, so that kind of scares me a little bit. But definitely the Fields passing yards, definitely the Cole Komet touchdown, and the Brian Robinson over rushing yards for me. So go put those all in. Go to BetStamp. Use our code BEARS. Find the best possible price. Become smarter, find the best price, win more money, help us help you by using BetStamp and using our code BEARS. All right, Kevin, let's do it. Final score predictions. Shocking. I wonder who I'm going to take after the past 54 <laughs> minutes of explaining 
what I think is going to happen in this game. Yes, the Bears are going to win this game handedly. 34 to 20. Lock it in. I feel good, Jake. I feel great. I feel great about this pick. Again, you know, those numbers are, are, are really meaningful to me. 4-0 as favorites uh, at home since 2021 and 14 is 4 as favorites at home since 2018. I think we've already seen not just from, you know, a record standpoint, they're 2-0 at home this year, but also just it just looks like they play a little bit different at home. You know what I mean? It looks like they play with a little bit more intensity. It looks like they get after the ball a little bit quicker. They're a little bit more excited. They really feed off the energy of the crowd. On Thursday night at Soldier Field, Amazon Prime coming to town. It's early in the season. Bears fans are going to be ready to go for this game. We also, Jake, did not address the fact that I will be witnessing the highlighter uniforms, uh, the all orange Oh, true. Orange we helmets, didn't talk about that. You are probably not a fan of, right? I don't, I don't remember what, what reaction I'll wait till I see them on the actual TV screen, but I, they're fine. I, I think you could have done something cooler, but they're fine. I get it. Yeah. I agree Whatever. with that. That that's, that's really that, that should be the conversation is, you know, they're not bad, but something cooler. It, it just, it just felt lazy. Forms. It felt a little lazy. Like it's, it's again, it's a comparison game. Cause you look at the Bengals all white with the black. Right. Like, exactly. Oh, so exactly. Yeah. You know, so it could have been better, but um, you know, they're going to feed off the energy of the new uniforms. It's going to be great. Now the fans are going to be loud. They're going to be ready to go. They're going to, you know, they're already feeling more positive. No booze, no booze. We're not going to hear any of that. We're going to feel good. 24 points in the first half, 10 points in the second half bears win 34, 20. Take the take the alt spread minus fourteen. I mean, sure the odds on that are probably through the roof, but uh, I'm feeling really good about this one, Jake. And I don't know, am I dumb to feel that good? I don't know. You tell me who you got. Uh, I'm also going to go the Bears here. Uh, I think they win twenty-seven to seventeen. Uh, I think he's going to have his struggles. I think this, I obviously I predicted three touchdowns from Justin Fields, uh, two passing, one rushing. So I think the Bears offense is able to get going a little bit here, and I think they're able to make something happen. This is a game you should win. I mean, the, like no two ways about it. Like this is a game that the Bears should win. Um, the Commanders are not a very good team. Like I said on the recap episode after the Vikings game, if you want any shot of being in the playoffs, you got to win this game. And I know it's silly to have a must-win game in week six, but – if you want to even yeah. have a chance to sniff in the playoffs, this is it. Now, again, ideally, ideally, like we talked about, Justin Fields plays really well, offense plays pretty well, and you still lose the game anyway, and you secure the higher draft pick because at the end of the day, talent acquisition should be the number one goal here. But I do think the Bears will win this game because the commanders are just such a dumpster fire. I mean, and yeah, and look, there is – we didn't even mention this, but well, I mentioned the whole thing that Ron Rivera said – at uh at the press conference and yeah yep. he's apologized and everything but you know that's it's something that could fracture uh a locker room you know what i mean like that that is a, a real thing that could sort of you know make things a little bit awkward obviously and the vibes going into this game for the commanders are not great and, and trust me we we've seen the effects of that as bears fans like when yeah. there's uncertainty about the quarterback and you know, they're not on the same page as the head coach and it's visible and it's verbal, meaning they've said things about it. You go into the next game and you're just like, it just doesn't feel right. And it's like very rarely does the quarterback come out and be like, oh, I'm going to stick it to you. I'm going to I'm going to go out and have a 400 yard passing game and stick it to you. That's typically not how it goes. They're not on the same page. Vibes aren't good. Everything is in the Bears' favor right now for this game from an energy standpoint, from a momentum standpoint, from a matchup standpoint. I would be 
I, I would be really, really shocked if they lost. Yeah, uh, so we're going to see Thursday night, Al Michaels, Kirk Herbstreet. Hopefully they actually get a good game, a fun game to call. Hopefully we as viewers finally get a good Thursday night football game to watch after what we've been subjected to the last couple of weeks. So Thursday night, we'll see what happens, see if the Bears can build, see if there is some progress from this team, from Justin Fields, and we're going to witness it, and the country's going to witness it uh, on national television. So until then, until next week when we have our recap of this game, we will see you then. We will recap the Bears and the Commanders. Hopefully a good game from Justin Fields. But until then, we will see everyone for our recap episode. And as always, Bear Down.